If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me. We're going to look and read again from the central text of Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to uh, start reading in verse number 26. And uh, last Wednesday, we have been, uh, we had finished uh, in regards to the person uh, of the Holy Ghost, and we have been preaching on the purpose of the Spirit. And uh, so we were looking last week in regards to one of the purposes of the Spirit is that of uh, the Spirit helps us to pray. And uh, talking about how the Spirit of God intercedes on our behalf. And uh, we're going to be looking at a couple of more things where the Spirit helps us uh, as we pray in intercession. And uh, we're going to look at this together tonight. If you would stand with us one more time for the reading of the Word of God. Romans chapter number 8 and uh, verse number 26. And then uh, here a little bit later I'm going to be reading uh, out of the book of Jude. Amen. Uh, Jude the first chapter. And if you're, uh, if you're uh, Bible literate at all you'll know there's only one chapter in Jude. So... Uh, somebody, somebody was quizzing someone one time on their Bible reading. They said, uh, in the Bible reading, said, what'd you, what'd you think out of Jude chapter number three? They said, oh man, that's so, that's so good. That's some good reading. That's just wonderful. And they said, well, really? So that's, that, that's interesting seeing that Jude's just got one chapter. Amen. They was caught, Sister Gwen. He's caught red-handed. Amen. Be sure your sins will find you out. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. You're there with me, won't you? Say amen. There's five of you ready to read. Here we go. The Bible says, and again, we looked at this last week, but here we are. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. And again, I want to point out that term infirmities there. We think sometimes of sickness, but this translated, broken down, as actually referring to weakness. So helps in our weakness. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That's a pretty bold statement. We spent some time on that last week. We don't know always how we ought to pray. And it says here, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. And let me say one more time, as we made mention of this last week, we often quote that latter part. We know all things work together for the good. We, boy, we grab a hold of that. We sing about it, shout about it. We got bookmarks of it, pictures of it, bumper stickers with it, t-shirts. I mean, we are just walking, talking billboards about everything works together for the good. But I said last week, and let me say again, do you notice in the context of the things that precede this, it results to people who are going to pray. 
It results, that outcome, Brother Eli, is a result of those who are praying the will of God for their life. Amen. Praying the will of God for their life. And so let's ask the Lord one more time to help us. Can we do that tonight? Father, right now I pray that you would just grab a hold of every heart and mind. Lord, in this day of busyness, and our minds can be wondering and things that are going on, but I pray right now, let us, our ears be open to your word and our hearts tender. Let us plant the fertile, uh, in, in the fertile ground of our souls the precious word of God. Let it bring forth fruit. Let it do great work in our lives. Challenge us and change us, I pray. Anoint my mind and my lips tonight, I ask. And we thank you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. We were talking in regards as the Spirit helps us to pray. Talking about one of the definitions of the Spirit of God. Uh, the, the, the Word of God tells us Christ had said that when He would go away that the Father would send the Comforter. And another term there in regards to the Comforter, the Spirit of God, and we, uh, we shared this a couple of different times, but let me remind you again tonight that term paraclete. And it simply means to come along beside to help. I want you to understand is that Christ had said this, He said, he said, as I was with you, the Spirit shall be with you. But he didn't stop there. He said, he shall be in you. Amen. In you, working on your behalf. Amen. Filling us and abiding in us. The Apostle Paul reminded us of the fact. He said, you need to remember a couple of things. Number one, he said, you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You've been washed in the blood. Your sins have been forgiven. We are now children of the King. When the, when the Holy Ghost comes in and fills us, fills us to overflowing, I want you to understand, he said this. He said that know you not that you are the temple, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so there is, uh, there is great power, there is great responsibility, there is also great purpose and help as the Spirit comes in to abide. And as we have talked about in, in, uh, in our services further back about uh, the emotion, the will, uh, we've talked about the personality of the Spirit, amen, that the Holy Ghost is more than just a feeling. It is more than just doodads and goosebumps on your arms. It is more than hair standing up on your head. And the Holy Ghost is more than a shout. And let me be very clear, the Holy Ghost is more than just speaking in tongues. I want you to understand is that we believe and the Bible is evidently clear of the fact that, Brother Michael, that is the initial physical evidence of baptism in the Spirit. The evidence of speaking in other tongues. It is the evidence that He has come in to abide. But I will say this is that tragically for many, many in the church, that is where everything stops. There is not a pursuit of a spirit-filled life. A life that we are walking in step in relationship with the Spirit of God. And we find in this that Paul is challenging the church, challenging the believers in regards to the way that the Spirit helps us to pray. 
I will say this, and some of you might argue, you might feel a little bit differently in regards to this, as there are different things that I believe are significant and important to your spiritual growth. I will first tell you that I believe, and these are not in any particular order of greatest to least or least to greatest, anything of that nature, but let me just make a few statements, and some of you, you might agree or disagree or whatever the case might be, but I will first say this, I believe with all of my heart that church attendance is imperative to your spiritual growth. Amen, Brother Jake. Well, we're only here, Brother Jake, for the simple fact we, you know, we don't want you discouraged if nobody's here. We don't, you know, we don't necessarily want a phone call or a text saying, where are you at? Where have you been? Are you doing okay? Whatever the case might be. I want you to understand your attendance to the church is not for the pastor. Your attendance to the church is not for those you might sit around or who your friends in the church might be. First and foremost, listen, there's great blessing as a result of belonging to the family of God. There is great blessing and encouragement. I can tell you it is an encouragement to your pastor when you are here in the house of God. It is also an encouragement to those who are around you when you are here as a part of the family of God. The Word of God tells us that there's no minced words about it. He said, do not forget. Forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Seeing the time, knowing what's going on. Those were the words that he used, Brother Gary. Seeing the time that is around us. In other words, you need to make it a priority. There is strength that is garnered. There is help that is provided. There is, there is something that is powerful, and it is hard to explain what happens when God's people get together. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell well together in unity he said it is likened to that oil as to where that Aaron's it was poured upon his head Aaron representing the priesthood and said it flowed from his head down his beard and down to the very bottom of the skirts we come to find that anointing always is cohesive and aligned with unity and I will tell you in a day and age where there is more of a decline in church attendance or people making church a priority can I tell you if it is an area in your life and you'd say brother Jacob you should move on from this point I mean we're here on Wednesday night we're looking at you half sleepy we're half dead it's been a hard day we've been battling whatever they were here on a Wednesday night you ought to hush up and just say thank you for being here well I've already told you I'm glad you're here but let me say this can I just take a quick poll can you just be honest and not get offended would you just be honest and not try to act like you're super spiritual and you always got it together is there anybody in this house that it was just a good fight for you to get here tonight okay all right several Several of you being honest. It was a fight. Tired in body. Tired in mind. A hundred things going on. Some of you walked in just in time to maybe brush your teeth. Put a comb through your hair real quick. Or change your shirt and get out the door. Some maybe you showed up and what you worked in. Maybe some I mean you were slapping together PB&J sandwiches. And telling your family like it and eat it. Amen. We're going to church. 
Hallelujah. Oh, can I tell you tonight, I want you to understand, and I know this is a little bit off track, but just hear what I'm saying tonight. Can I tell you, do you wonder why the fight's so hard? Do you ever wonder why the fight is so real? Do you ever wonder why your favorite team always is playing on Sunday? You ever wonder why your favorite forms of entertainment's always happening on the sun? You wonder why? You wonder why the dear lease is always available on a Sunday or a Wednesday? Do you wonder why the shopping trip always just works out perfectly? Come on here. Oh, some of you getting bristly. Some of you laughing nervous, real nervous like. Amen. Oh, but can I just say this tonight? Uh, There are some, have you ever noticed? I I remember when my mom uh, first got saved and my stepdad, when they first got saved, I remembered in my naivety, I was only 14 at that time, Sister Mary. I thought, man, they've come to God. Oh, God radically saved them. I thought it's going to be heaven on earth in the house now. No, sir. If I thought they, that, it was, that it was a rough go before, I mean, Sister Diane, it was a rough go. It was a rough go. I remember, you see, at that time, Sister Smith and uh, my father-in-law, Brother Smith, uh, they were their pastors, and I remember there'd be phone calls. You remember that, Sister Smith? Uh, there'd be phone calls, and there'd be, I remember there'd be times, Brother Gold, they'd be, we'd be in the truck headed to church, and I mean just something get going, and, and they'd be up there in the front, I'm in the back, and that one would say to the other, I ain't going to church with you acting like this. And, and the other said, well, I ain't going to church with you acting like this. I'll just turn the truck around. Right now. Oh, come on now, somebody. Don't you sit around here looking at me cross eyed. Some of you might have even had that conversation. (laughs) I got one honest woman in this house. She's agreeing with me. Amen. Oh, as to where, uh, have you noticed that your kids can be great all week long, but come Wednesday or Sunday, I mean, they're heathens. You're ready to lay hands on them. I I mean, you know how it is. You've done threatened to beat them 55 times down the highway, and and all the chaos is happening in that car, and you pull in the parking lot, and you tell them, smile, get out of the car. We're, We're going to church. And you're dragging them by the nap in the neck. How, how are you, sister? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We made it. You couldn't tell me the last five songs they sung. You don't even know what my text was. Because, you I mean, you're still hot. Your blood pressure's still running high. Can I just remind you? All the distractions, all the fight, all the things of your mind, all the stuff that's going on is because there is knowledge in hell if what happens when people will commit themselves to the presence of God and will be in the house of God. It is because it is for your benefit. It's for your growth. It's important to be in God's house. It's important to be a student of the Word of God. We've been preaching this this sermon series on biblical foundations. 
We've been doing this for a few months. We've covered everything. I mean, from the beginning, all have sinned. We've covered salvation. We've covered water baptism. We've been spending time on the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We have been working our way through this. There's still more to cover. And we have folks that are trying to be spiritual, and they are not scriptural. They don't know the Word of God. That's why there's such disillusionment today. That's why there are so many Johnny-come-latelys in the pulpit. That's why there are folks that can say flowery words. That's why there are people who are convinced that if a church runs one, two, or 3,000 people, then surely that must be a man or woman of God in that pulpit. I'm not picking on a big church. If God gave us... Two, three thousand, I'd be fine with me. I'd love, Brother Gold, let's have four services a Sunday. I don't have any problem with that. I'd preach every one of them. I'm okay with that. But what I'm getting at is we are caught up in Christian celebrities. We are caught up in Instagram spirituality. We are caught up with little quips and quirks of, of scriptural things, and we are buying into it. We are believing it. We are amening it, and some are even supporting it. And it is not biblical at all. Amen. I already resolved, Brother Jerry, that this would not be a popular message tonight. I resolved in my heart. I came prepared. I'm ready. Amen. We are in a place of dire spiritual weakness. We are not living in accordance and agreement with the Word of God, with God's will, in pursuing His will, because we forsake coming to God's house, because God's Word is no longer priority. Let me just ask you a question. Can I give you a, 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 just a, a, an idea? Can I, can I just give you something? This is something the Lord dealt with me about. He dealt with me one day, he said, he said, I, I, I want you, and everybody likes it when a preacher confesses something anyway, so it starts making everybody feel a little better. And the Lord had dealt with me, he said, he said, uh, I want you to love my word the way that you love that phone. And I thought for a minute, and I, you know how I was preparing my defense before the Lord, and I said, well, Lord, I said, I'm. I'm not, I don't consider myself addicted to the phone. I, I can go days without looking at Facebook. I can go days without looking at other social media or whatever. I mean, there's been plenty of times where the only thing that I've had access to was the calendar or email or whatever. And it wasn't just that. He said, what if you treated my word the way you treat your phone? How many times that when we, now my phone is my alarm clock. So the first thing that I reach for in the morning, I turn that, turn that alarm clock off. Or I'll hit the snooze button if I got a minute to do so. And sometimes, now some would say, well, the first thing I look at on my phone is my Bible app. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, bless your heart. But for some, you hit that blue F, Facebook. For some, the first thing is the email button. For some, it's the reminders on the calendar. 
For some, it's whatever other else it is. And he said, what if the first thing you do is just get into my word? What if you treated my word? What if my word was the first thing that you grabbed? What is it? Has there been, ever been anybody that you've ever misplaced this? And you felt sick to your stomach? Because you basically paid the, what a used car used to cost you to talk on this thing? Come on. And you, I'll never, I've seen some people that talk said, hang on a second, I can't find my phone. Hang on. Hang on, I'm looking for it. I don't know where it's at. Hang on. Right? But you can sit there and have you noticed, Brother Marvin, when that thing gets misplaced? I mean, everything goes on hold. All right, everybody stop. We got to find this. And you're hitting doodads for it to vibrate and, and, and twinkle and ding and all this kind of stuff. I got to find that phone. What would happen if we got to the point, you see, some of us, you don't remember the last time you even cracked open your Bible. There's some of us, you don't remember the last place you put it. There's some of us, what would happen if we loved the Word of God? God like we do these things and what would happen if we got a sick feeling if we said I, I don't know where my Bible's at I, I don't know where the last place I put it down at hang on I, I can't do anything you say well brother Jacob you live in an unrealistic world all I can tell you is the way God was dealing with me and I can tell you is it's very easy to put priority on so many other things I want you to understand I'm not cutting us at all any slack from the pulpit to the back pew from Brother Jacob to Brother Gerard, I'm going to tell you right now, is that we had better take the things of God seriously. We had better live by it. We need to love it because otherwise you will die without it. I wonder how our relationships would be if we communicated with other people the way that we communicate with God. If we talk to Him, maybe once or twice in the week. What if, Brother Eli, how would you feel about me if the only time I called you is when I needed something? Versus just saying, how was your day today? Thinking about you today. How would your children, your grandchildren, your spouse feel if you went days with no conversation? I can assure you, divorce rate in the church would go up. Family dysfunction and complication would increase because there would be no communication. So I ask us, what would it be like if the people in your life had the same conversational relationship, prayer life, conversational relationship as you do with God. What would it look like? What would it be like? How strong would that relationship be? You see, when we're preaching about prayer, when we're preaching about the Word of God, when we're preaching about being in the house of God, these things are all essential and they are important to the success of our spiritual growth. Of our walk with God. I've said it before and I'll say it again since we're on the subject of prayer. I am un 
unhinged, I'm unnerved, I'm bothered by times as to where there's lack, it's evident there's lack of prayer life. It's evident there's lack of a love for God's word. It's evident that it's hit and miss when we're in God's house. And yet we will have the audacity to show up and tell people around us how God spoke this and God said that and we know God's will and we know this. I'll tell you what Paul said before you get mad at me. Paul said you don't know how you ought to pray. You don't have it in line. You don't have it right. Well brother Jacob did you just get us here tonight to beat up on us? I'm here to tell you I believe it's not to beat up but to convict and challenge us. I want you to understand God will not share his secrets. He will not share his will. He will not share his plans with someone who will not be faithful to pray. Amen. I'm going to tell you that. He just will not do it. And I see a lot of folks in the church, and when I say the church, I'm not just, I'm not picking on Victory Temple. I'm talking about in general. I have conversations with a lot of people in the course of a week and things that they're praying about, things they're believing for. I've talked with young ministers. I've talked with old ministers. And, well, there's this and there's that. And this came about and this door opened and this person said this and this person said that. And I'm trying to get the mind of God. I'm trying to understand. But the, the thing we need to ask ourselves is, are we in position to really know what God says? Because too many times we are basing everything off of a word somebody else told us. Better be careful. Better be careful in taking the fact that everything somebody, well I respect them. Well they're a praying person. Well they're this, well they're that. I understand and there's people like that I look up to and I respect. And there's people that's come to me before graciously, lovingly and said here's something the Lord laid on my heart about and, and, and maybe something you ought to pray about. Amen. And somebody that loves you well, somebody who has your best interest in heart, they will encourage you to pray about something. You be careful when somebody just comes and delivers something to your front door and says Are we, I think this is what God once. I think this is what God said. I have seen more people get in trouble. I have seen more people backslide because they got bitter because it didn't work out like prophet so and so said. Apostle so and so said or this sister so and so or that brother so and so. Well they told me and they said but they ain't God and you have a requirement to work out your salvation and to do so with fear and trembling. You better know. How can I know? The word of God says the spirit the Spirit, when we don't know, in our infirmity, in our weakness, and yes, we're weak, and we touched on this some last week, there are times where we're weak in our mind, we're weak in our flesh, we're weak in spirit. There are times that we don't know what we ought to pray because the way that we're praying is wrong. The way that we're praying is selfish. The way that we're praying is that we want to spiritualize it and be able to tell people around us we're praying about it, but we already went to God with our mind made up of what we wanted to do. 
I get, I get tickled and I get nervous when Ashlyn shows up and she says, so I've been thinking. <laughs> oh, 13-year-old wise one, tell me, what have you been thinking? I've got, or I've got a plan, Dad. I'm telling you, this will work. She, she starts with, I need to ask a question, but she's letting me know she's already got a solution. Sister Linda, she's already planned for the things that I might say. And so she's got it all worked out. And sometimes we're praying the way that Ashlyn strategizes. Sometimes we're praying and we're going to God. Well, and, and, and somebody could say, have you prayed? Well, yeah, I prayed about it. But you know and God knows that God has not had the final say. I want to tell somebody in this house, you lose all rights to be offended and you lose all rights to quote unquote blame God when it doesn't go your way when you're not listening to him in the first place. Because God may say, I don't want you a hundred miles near that thing. My answer there is no. You mean, now I mean somebody's feelings just got hurt right now. You mean God says no? Absolutely. I preached a message a long time back called, yes, no, and maybe so. God says yes, but we've been so conditioned in the church that if we go to God in prayer, he'll say yes because we're praying about it. Bless your heart, little children. You pray, God will say yes. You pray and it'll all, work. it'll all work out. He'll give you his blessing. But Sister Lindy, there's been times he has said yes and I knew it. Then there has been times he said no and I didn't like it. There are times that he said wait and I wanted to hurry it up. Have you ever tried to rush God? Have you ever tried to put him on your timetable? Have you ever snapped your fingers and shook your leg and huffed and puffed? Have you ever sat in the church and you're so antsy and you can't hardly stand it? And I mean, you're fidgeting and you're and there's all this, you got all this pent up energy. And I mean, you, because you're trying to work it out, trying to figure it out and all these things. We need to hear clearly from God. There are a lot of discussions that happen around me. There are a lot of people who have some wonderful ideas for Victory Temple. There are a lot of folks that, I mean, they've got it figured out. Of the things we should do. The things we should spend money on. The things we should accomplish. The outreaches that should take place. The, the, the way that we should sing. How long you should, and, it, and if it's not church folks, and I'm not pointing a finger, there's not anybody set me down and said, I think we ought to do this, this, and this. But Brother Wade, I mean, there's conferences, there's magazines, there's DVDs and CDs and series and all the things of somebody who could tell us all of what to do and this is how you should do it and all this kind of thing. And I might sound a little bit like a rebel. I'm not trying to be hard-headed. I'm not trying to say that I don't have to listen to anybody. I'm happy to take suggestion. But sometimes uh, we get folks that you get all bent out of shape. If it's, uh, well, I told pastor this is what it should be. I done said if they would do it this way we ought to be let me tell you something all of us collectively as a body it should be our prayer not my will be done but Lord
Lord, thy will be done. There's some things on this journey that I can tell you that we're covering it with prayer. There's some things people say, well, by now you should be doing this and you should be doing that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do my best and you should do your best that we ain't doing nothing until we know God is behind it and we know God is for it and we know that God is saying yes to it. Because there's some things that it is good and it's wonderful and it's a great idea and it's a great investment. But God says, "Mm, not right now. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes, I'll be honest, Brother Jimmy, sometimes I wrestle with the no's and say, but Lord, this this could do this, 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 and this, and we could do this, this, and this, and Here's what we have to resolve to understand is that God knows better than we do. I want to tell somebody tonight that the Holy Ghost, as he comes along and helps us to pray when we don't know what we ought to pray. Let me say, it's not just a, it, not just to show or the manifestation of our human weakness. When we try to spiritualize things or when we try to, where we think we already, already know the answer. But let me just say this. There are some things that involve your life. And there are some things that involve the people that you love. You're praying about it and you're praying for them. And you might be praying to your best way possible. But did you know that even for situations and people that you love, that your prayers can be a little bit lopsided? You can have an idea of the way that you think God's going to save your family member. And there are some that are just frustrated. I mean, you're, you're, you're frustrated. It, I know it's frustrating when there's people that you love and they're not living for God. It hurts your hearts. You're concerned. You want them to be ready. You want them to make heaven. But as you cover it with prayer, can I tell you, it is a powerful thing when you allow the Spirit of God to pray through you on behalf of those things. There's been times, many prayer meetings, many times with the Lord, Sister Faye, that I maybe I can get out of thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Glory be to God. But there's times the Spirit of God, Brother Marvin, takes over. There's been times walking this very sanctuary that I have prayed in the Spirit. And your face has come to my mind. There are times praying in the spirit I've stood at your pew There's times I've sat where you sat And I didn't know Sister Laura What was going on with you But I was sitting where you sat At least most of the time Amen Tonight you're in a different place So you're challenging me I appreciate that There's times Sister Lindy I sat in y'all's pew And I don't know what's going on But God does And all I know is you're on my mind All I know Sister Faye Is that God's placed you on my heart And when I don't know what to pray I thank God for the Holy Ghost Because all I have to do is say Lord you see her Lord you know him Lord you know what they're going through and the spirit of God that searches the mind of God he prays the will of God on our behalf hallelujah that ought to make an Episcopalian shout when the God of heaven is listening and when I don't know what to pray because let me say this I can love you with as much as I possibly can but brother Michael I do not know all the intricate details. I don't know it. And if I'm not careful, I can have a will for you. 
and it not be God's will. But that's where the Spirit comes as He intercedes, intercedes through us on behalf of others. Sister Faye, there's times, there's situations, like I was saying, we think we got it mapped out, how it should fall, how it should go. But when we pray in the Spirit, we're thinking about those things. Our dear brother John Pickens, when he passed away, unexpectedly. I mean, he literally was here the service before, and he was gone. I couldn't believe it when I got the phone call. I'm not saying these things to shine my halo because I just believe it's what any pastor should do. I was scheduled to be going on a missions trip. I wasn't going to go and not be here for that funeral. I was his pastor. I was going to be here for him and his family. Somebody said, oh man, aren't you disappointed? You're supposed to be in Jamaica with the Torbert. You're supposed to be at the, they had those pastors, uh, youth conferences and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have been there. But you know what I said? I said, Lord, I said, you and Brother John know what I don't know. Brother Noah and Brother Wesley and the Torberts all came back safe and sound. Nobody harmed, nobody robbed, nobody shot, nobody sick. But what if I was the Jonah there out of God's will? What if, Brother Wesley, I had said, well, no, you know what? We bought the airline tickets. We got everything planned. I knew what day I was preaching. We had all this stuff together. And I'm surely the Pickens family would have understood. They've got ministers in the family. They would have understood. They would have, they would have had no problem with it. I'm sure of that. And I said, well, you know what? I, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm going on that trip. I will tell you right now, all I do know is that there are things that are inconveniences. There are things that don't work out how you think it should. There are things that you had big plans, big goals, and big endeavors, and God will shut it down. I don't know what he was keeping me from, and maybe you'd say you're trying to spiritualize it too much. All I'm saying is, is that in prayer over that missions trip, as I would pray in the Spirit thinking about that missions trip, I know, Sister Lindy, the Spirit of God was praying the will of God for my life and the lives of those connected with me. And I don't want to step out of that will. Some of you in this building tonight, you're disappointed over things that didn't work out. And you thought it would have been grand. You thought it would have been wonderful. But God knew His will. I read something this week and I thought, it's one of those things you know it, but like when you really see it on paper, you're like, man. And it said this, it said, Brother Gerard, all of man's greatest innovations, inventions, technologies, and breakthroughs are things that God already knew. I think we ought to have a Mr. Carrier Day in America. You know who Mr. Carrier was? Some of you do. Because his unit sitting outside of your house. Pumping AC into your building. It'll come to you, Sister Anna. He invented the air conditioning. I think every, every resident of Texas, we ought to have a day of reverence for Mr. Carrier. 
I think it ought to be a national holiday, or at least a state holiday. Amen. We thank God. But long before a breakthrough in the invention of an air conditioner, Brother Gary, right now, scientists are trying to find ways to split atoms and do this and do that and all this kind of stuff. And boy, they'll write publications and they're excited and all these things. I mean, we can put men on the moon and we can, we can put vehicles on Mars. And as a matter of fact, just last week, I saw that there was a beautiful picture of a, of a, of a new dimension of the Milky Way that a telescope had seen. And I mean, it just, it looked glorious. I mean, it looked like heaven itself. And they said, now scientists are excited because they will discover new things about stars and everything else. And right then, Sister Lori smiled and said, but my God already knew it. He already created it. He already knows it. And if he considers the lilies of the field and the sparrows that neither build, they don't soil, they don't sow, they don't worry about a thing he said how much more are you of value I want to let somebody know you ought to shut the devil up you ought to put him under your feet and say my father already knows I made it a matter of prayer and the spirit of God has prayed the will of God on my behalf on behalf of you on behalf of people you love, you concerned about your children, mom and dad? You concerned about their little hearts? Spiritual things, emotional things, things that hurt them, things they don't understand, things you wish that they didn't have to go through in life, but they will. You know the best thing you can do for them? Pray over them. Pray over them. Your heart will hurt for them, Brother Gary. Sometimes, some things come along and make you fighting mad. We call them mama bears for a reason. Come on. You're going to march up to that school. You're going to go down that house. You're going to take care of everybody. I mean, you, they, you're going you're to you're wipe them all out. Some of you are laughing. Some of you think, oh, but oh, some of you mamas know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you got to go back in your mind and remember when your baby was being picked on, when it was your baby being there. Let me tell you something. You going down there and knocking the block off of another mom. You going to the school and causing a ruckus. You doing all that. That ain't going to solve anything. You want to do something for your children? You want to benefit them? You want to help them? Then you pray in the Spirit over their lives. You pray and let the will of God be performed in their life. You pray and say, God, cover them. And when you pray in the Spirit, think of them. Call out their name before God. Brother Eli, it's the best thing you can do. The best thing you can do. Would you all do me a favor? Remind me of this sometimes. of this sometimes and it's moments sister Lindy when you need prayer and God will use your baby to confirm that God's thinking about you it's times brother Gary when you see them grandbabies in the altar seeking God and speaking in tongues praying in the spirit you know what they're doing brother Gary they may not fully comprehend it or know it but when they're praying in the spirit the spirit makes intercession and is praying the will of God for their life. 
the Word of God. And I'm, I know I'm running out of time. Man, I feel like I could just preach all night long. Now, I promise you there's some Sister Anna would not agree with you. <laughs> Intercession for others because we may not know exactly how to pray for those that we love. We may not know how to pray about the circumstances that they are in. They might be so deep, so wrapped up in sin. Somebody that you love might be so hateful, so bitter. You mention anything about God, I mean, they want to cuss you out. They want to cut you off. How do you pray for the one who's always bitter against you? How do you pray? What do you say about the one that you love so much and yet they hurt you so deeply? Truth is, sometimes, Brother Keith, we can't really say anything about it. But the Spirit of God can. The Spirit of God can. What do you do, Sister Phyllis, when you've been so offended? What do you do, Brother Scott, when those that you thought was the closest and yet they disappoint you the most? Are their words adequate? Is there a way to get past it? Is there a way to overcome it? I wish I could tell you a magic trick. I wish I could tell you just you do this, you say this, and it'll all be better. But there are some things that are only going to change through the process of prayer. And as you pray in the Spirit. What you have to understand, church, as a Pentecostal church... And we believe, that simply means that we believe in the power of the blessed third person of the Trinity. We believe in his gifts. We believe in his conviction. We believe in him having his way. We believe in him having liberty as we worship. We believe in his anointing as we preach and sing. We realize we cannot have church without him. I don't want to live without him. That's why you'd be wary if somebody just tells you over and over, it's just an optional thing if you want to be filled with the Spirit. You can make it to heaven and not have to be full of the Holy Ghost. We know that the way to heaven only comes by way of the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that. We preach that. We teach that. But the Word of God also says... Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Because there's nothing like the help of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like the help of the Spirit. As we pray, as we live, as we grow in our relationship with God. It's like I was saying here a couple of weeks ago. When we talk about the Spirit, there are the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit, read it, Galatians chapter 5, read it. It talks about the works of the flesh, and it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Read what they are. Read them. And you will come to find that those fruits, they cannot be manifested in your life just as you will them. Just by trying to be a good person. It takes something beyond you. It takes something beyond me. 
We need the Holy Ghost to intercede for ourselves. Sister Carolyn, if you'll come. I want to read this to you. I want you to listen very carefully what the book of Jude says. This is the book of Jude. There's only one chapter. I was being silly a while ago, but there's only one chapter. But I want to read to you verses 16 through 25. Listen to what the Word of God says. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaks great swelling words. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. In other words, surrounding ourselves, trying to get people to be impressed so that we might have favor with people, have an advantage. But beloved, remember, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you there should be mockers in the last day. Who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These are they who separate themselves. They are sensual. Having not the spirit. The term sensual there not just only deals with lust and the lust of the flesh. But it deals with worldliness. Where all they crave, their appetite are the things of the world. It says... They don't have the spirit. Let me say that again for good measure. So before you think your pastor is so judgmental or before you think I'm picking on it. The Bible says those that conduct themselves in such a way. They can tell you what church they belong to. They can even speak in tongues on a camera. They can have the best devotionals ever. They can, do, they can support charities. They can go to missions. They can do all this. But the word of God says those that behave in such a way do not have the spirit. A part of our problem is we do not judge people by this book anymore. We give a lot of grace. You say, well, we should give a lot of grace. We should. But the problem is, is oftentimes we're given grace in the wrong areas. We will give grace to areas where we know better that it should, it's not right. It's not right. You look around in our hour today, the church is in a mess. How many, just, just in the last five years, how many big name churches, worship leaders, I'm talking about Multiple campuses. I'm talking about big in the music business. All this stuff. There has been made a mockery of the ministry because there's scandal. There's affairs. There's abuse. There's money laundering. There's, I mean, a whole litany of things. Oh, but yeah, but they wrote that one song. And oh, but yeah, but they preach it that one. Oh, but yeah, they, they have not the spirit. They don't. It says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do we do that? It says, Brother Gary, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. 
Do you know what separates me and separates you from becoming like those that we were just talking about? Sister Mildred, I've often said this. We can point our fingers of judgment at people. We can know when they're misbehaving. We can, we can turn our nose that we can get very self-righteous, can't we? We can do it real quick. But I've often said the thing that separates me from them, Brother Michael, is about that much grace. Because we have to remember the Word of God lets us know there is none righteous, no, not one. How do we keep it? How, how, do we, how do we continue to endeavor, Sister Debbie? How do we stay faithful? How do we stay pure? How do we stay walking and keeping a sanctified life? The Bible says, by building up your most holy faith. It's like exercise does for your physical body. You go out, you start walking a, a half a mile or a mile. You start going, lifting a few small weights. Your body is going to get strengthened. You start to build stamina. You start to build strength. You start to think about what it is you're putting in your body. All of those different types of things. We build up our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. How does that help us? How does that keep us separated, sanctified, living right? It does so because just as Romans says, the Spirit of God prays the will of God for us for us I want to challenge you church I want to challenge you tonight I believe the Holy Ghost wants to challenge us understand the significance of what it is to allow the Spirit of God to intercede through you for others for your own behalf on behalf of this body on behalf of the work and the will of God I don't know about you, Sister Jerry, but I want his will. I am not going to settle for anything else than his will. Gloria, I've come too far. I've made too many sacrifices. I've counted the cost. It would be a shame, Brother Eli, to turn around now. I want to stay right in his will. Heads bowed, if you would, all over this house. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you tonight for these precious people who have allowed me to preach what you have laid upon our hearts tonight. And Lord, I pray, help us to understand the importance, the necessity of what it is that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, pray through us and intercede on our behalf. Sometimes, Lord, we don't know what to pray, what to say about people we love or situations that involves them. Maybe circumstances going on in our lives. But, Lord, the Spirit of God knows the mind of God and prays the will of God on our behalf. There's times, Lord, we might be tempted to stray. We might be tempted to give in. We might be tempted to give up. But Lord, what separates us from that, what builds up our faith, it's allowing the Spirit of God to intercede on our behalf. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying the will of God. Lord, I pray you'd help us and challenge us tonight. I don't know, church, exactly where you are or exactly what's going on, what maybe tonight the battle is. If it's you personally, if it's people you love, if it's your children, if it's circumstances, if it's opportunities. But all I can tell you is all I can admonish you by the Word of God.
is we must take it to prayer and pray it through. Pray it through all the way through to the Holy Ghost and allow the Holy Ghost to pray the will of God on behalf of those needs. If you'd say tonight, say, Pastor, that's my heart's desire. I want to know His will. I need to know His will. I've got to have Him at work. There's things I don't know what to do, how to pray, what to say, which direction to go. I don't know, Brother Jake, how to handle it. My children's hearts are hurt. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe there's opportunities. Maybe there's open doors and you're trying to know the right direction. Oh, tonight, why don't we find us a place in this altar? Why don't we come and say, Lord, would you help me? Oh, would somebody tonight come and say, Lord, I've got to have you intercede through me. Holy Ghost, oh, I've got to, I've got to allow you to intercede and pray for me. I've got to build up faith. Oh, I've got to stay true. Lord, I, I don't have time. We don't have time to play around with your will. We don't have time to mess around and say, well, if it don't, it don't. If it does, it does. But God, let us desire your will above everything else. Oh, the man, the man can devise plans in his heart. But Lord, you know the way I should take. You know what I should do. You know what's best for my family. You know what's best in my life. Lord, I need you. Calls me to go deeper. Calls me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me. Let me pray in the spirit. Let me see and remember the importance of praying in the spirit. Oh, God, it cannot be bypassed. It cannot be pushed off. It cannot be something that we just only allow the older saints to do. But God, tonight there are things that hang in the balance and we need to cover it. It needs to be prayed through in the Spirit. Uh.